Hi, I'm Cosette. And I'm Aisa. And, and you're listening, listening to <laughs> Cut. Hi, I'm Cosette. And I'm Aisa. And you're you're listening listening to Hollywood Tea with BOE. A big shout out to our very own club VP, Megan Valdez, for sharing her professional experience in the entertainment industry. Hey, Megan. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you wouldn't mind just giving us a brief introduction as to who you are and your internship. I interned for Slash Management as a summer intern for four months. So I did May through August of 2020. And obviously some of it was virtual, but I was also lucky enough to have some of it be in person as well. So our first question is, what was the application and interview process like for you? So for the application and interview process, it was kind of interesting because it kind of all started from our networking trip in L.A., And so when I was there, I was introduced to one of their staff members and he was explaining to me that he had a summer internship that they were looking for interns for. And so basically it was very informal. It was just a networking opportunity. And then after the trip, that was when I followed up with them about the internship and emailed them if they were still looking for applicants. And that's when they asked me for a resume and a cover letter. And it was kind of an emailing situation back and forth. And then I was finally asked for a interview. And once I had the interview, I found out about mm, two to three weeks later that I ended up getting the job. So yeah, that's kind of how the process went at least. How would you recommend helping your resume and cover letter to stand out? With a resume, always have your experience that is closest related to entertainment listed first. So even if you don't have any experience, you would just put business of entertainment club member at the top of your resume. Just because if that's all you have, that's all you have and that's okay. It's just they need something listed and that's better than nothing. Then I would also recommend having keywords, obviously, from job listings, Um, and I would just copy and paste the little keywords that they have in the job listing and put it right into your resume into action words that you have listed. When it comes to a cover letter, I recommend explaining your experiences and your skills in a way that shows how they can align with the job that you're applying to. Especially if you don't have any industry experience, that's kind of going to be the only way that you can make yourself stand out is just by explaining those skills in a specific way that they can see that will apply to the job, as well as just showing how eager and passionate you are to learn is really, really vital because a lot of us don't have any experience. But as long as you show that you're willing to learn and grow, that's really what companies are going to be looking for, especially if you don't have experience. Um, And then always, always, always have multiple people read over your cover letters or even if you have to sit down with another person that's in the club or people in the career services center, things like that, just writing them together is also super helpful. I know I did that at one point, Um, just going line by line and having somebody reading over it is super, super important. With social justice tensions, a pandemic, and the more expected challenges of interning in the entertainment industry, how did you work towards work-life balance throughout the summer? It was a challenge, to say the least, but 
for sure. Summer of 2020 is something I will never forget. And it's pretty crazy to think about now how kind of scary at the time it was to be moving to LA by myself to do an in-person internship during a pandemic in one of the most highly contagious cities. And I protested at one point and that was definitely seen as scary at the time um and you know none of that stuff I regret at this point but it was definitely at the time very unknown and very scary but you know as I look back on it the biggest commonality I see was definitely remaining flexible through it all and being okay with being flexible when it came to the pandemic I mean there would be days where we would be running completely normal having an in-person internship and then the next day we'd find out that we would have to go back to being remote and we wouldn't know when we'd go back into the office and it was just learning to be okay with that and being positive about that and luckily the team was always super encouraging and it was a good time definitely to work with the people that I did and I will say it was a summer like no other. In what ways would you advise someone to make a good and lasting impression on your supervisor and colleagues during an entertainment internship? When it comes to making a good and lasting impression, I always think it's just showing your best self. And that can mean a variety of things for different people. So at least for me, it was always keeping a positive attitude regardless of the situation always being timely, I always came to the office 10 to 15 minutes early, always wanting to learn is a huge part of that as well, just because when you show up to an internship, it's not like they're going to expect you to know everything, and they want to teach you, that's the whole point, or at least if they are a good company that is really trying to grow their interns, they will want to show you and teach you and help you learn about industry practices, so On your end, it's always taking advantage of the opportunities given by asking questions and taking full advantage. That's a huge part of showing your best self. Another just tip that I have that is not necessarily something that is teachable, but is a trait that is really important to have, especially if you want to work in this type of industry, is just being a likable person who gets along well with others because at least on my day-to-day, I was working with people every single day, whether I knew them or not, whether they were a part of the team or not, from clients to team members to photographers. Every day you're working with people. And so if you're not able to talk to them and if you are going to be the awkward person in the room, it's not going to be fun or enjoyable. So being able to be outgoing and talkative and being able to network is a huge part of making a good and lasting impression because once you do that you'll be able to build relationships that will end up helping you later on in life and help you find a job whether you even realize it in the moment or not so just you know being able to be outgoing and talkative even if that's not necessarily a trait that you have right now work on it because it's something that's really going to be helpful for you in the long run and then my last point doesn't really deal with making a good and lasting impression but I do think it's really important to know when you're going into a job or an internship and that's just being honest and forthcoming and communicative to your boss at all times just because 
it's okay to be lost and confused. Like I said, it's an internship. They don't expect you to know everything all the time. So always being honest whenever you're confused or have a question and just telling your boss or your supervisor, hey, I'm confused or hey, could you clarify this for me? What is the best way to stay in contact with people you networked with during your internship once your internship is over? Some of the ways I will say, let's say in a COVID scenario, to stay in contact with people that I worked with um, is definitely connecting on LinkedIn and also on social media, I think is if you're close on that level is pretty nice just because then you can always see what's going on in their life. Um, and then let's say, I mean, I guess now you, we could probably do this, but meeting in person when you can is really important. So if you're ever in LA or you're ever in a location that you know somebody, it's great to meet up for coffee, meet up for lunch and, you know, just stay in contact. But, you know, another way that's super simple is just sending a text every once in a while saying, Hey, how are you doing? Staying connected. But it's always just kind of maintaining that relationship, even if it's just as little as checking in every couple months. But it's really important if you want to network and stay in contact with people in the industry. Are there any specific sources that you would recommend to our members to stay up to date on entertainment news? Some great resources to stay up to date with, I know that I read, are Deadline, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, uh, one that I got introduced to during my internship uh, deals with digital stars, like influencers and things, um, and it's called Tube Filter. And of course, this podcast, it's a great way to stay up to date on all the latest entertainment news. So, yeah. This episode's industry vocab is vertical integration. The definition is a media company who acquires or purchases different businesses in the same chain of production and distribution. So a good example of that would be Viacom. They own Nickelodeon and Paramount. Disney is probably the biggest vertical integrator. Walt Disney Co. They own Fox, etc. Another example is NBC Universal. Mm, that's true. NBC Universal. That's a good one. Yeah. Now, for our very first member spotlight, we have Eliana Enriquez. Well, my name is Eliana Enriquez. I'm a junior studying finance and marketing and minoring in Spanish. Um, I'm originally from Gilbert, Arizona. That's where I am right now. I've been completing school from home this entire year. And I've been in BOE for, this is my second year, fourth semester. And I've really, really enjoyed it because I've like learned a lot of things about the, bi the business that I like never would have thought of in jobs that I didn't even know existed and that's kind of like giving me a glimpse of what I want to do in the future um in the future I want to work for a film studio and their their marketing department hopefully like being a part of the team that makes the trailers and decides what the audience gets to see beforehand I think that would be really cool how I'm going to do that I'm not sure but that's the dream <laughs> would you mind telling us what your favorite binge-worthy show is Oof, probably I think in the the google form I said the vampire diaries and I will probably say that again I've watched it like four times that is so great my sister watches that show but I can't do stuff like that like vampires is 
not my thing. Really? I would yeah, say no. give it a shot. I, I might. Maybe. We'll see. Kind of scared, but I'll think about it. I started it, but it kind of feels the same way that Grey's Anatomy feels. There's so many seasons to catch up on that I'm like, do I have time for this? It's a real investment. I don't, I don't, I don't get how people can just start Grey's Anatomy now. No. Like, I get it if you've been I, watching it for years, but how many seasons are there? Like, 17? Yeah, my sister started it recently, so I've only seen the recent ones, because she'll watch them on the TV, and I'm just like, well, I'm so confused. I'm like, where's this guy that you talked about? This guy? She's like, oh, they're dead. They died <laughs> in an elevator shaft, and I was like, what? Uh, this week, definitely addicted to WandaVision, um, as I'm sure a lot of people are, and there will be spoilers ahead as I keep talking, but um, episode five just came out and it was awesome kind of sent the world going crazy because we now see evan peters as quicksilver in the mcu as opposed to the fox marvel universe so this was crazy for so many reasons but my current theory is that he's bringing in the fantastic four x-men mutants and all three Spider-Man, and then they're all gonna hash it out in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and this is just the first step. But I think on Mephisto, I've seen that he's the one who sent Quicksilver, but like sent the wrong one accidentally, or um, I don't know, but I know that he's in the show right now, and I think it's Agnes's husband, because Agnes is sus as heck, he's Ralph, and the stork was him, because he combated the Wanda's powers and he wanted to make sure the babies were being born and the babies also didn't listen to Wanda's powers because they're part of him he like helped create them in the comics and stuff so and then Dottie in the first or second episode said um the devil is in the details and Agnes says that's not the only place that he is oh my god mic drop and it's all being house. It's all House of M. Because I so saw a theory really about like Evan Peters Quicksilver since like this episode, episode like her sitcom or whatever was taking place in mm-hmm. the eighties, and in the Fox universe, it's the eighties. Mm-hmm. So when she was thinking about him, she probably like subconsciously brought him. But since Pietro yeah. in like the current MCU was dead, and she can't bring him back, she brought a mm-hmm. version of him back. Yeah. I've seen that too. And then the whole thing with Vision's body, they think, oh, I heard that someone thinks the director, because he's weird. He's sus. And they were saying he could be Mephesto. Um, and I don't know if he is him, but I think he something's weird with him. And the reason that Wanda took Vision's corpse was because Sword was making him into the weapon. And she was like, that's against his wishes. So I'm going to take him. And then the Mephesto brought him to life or something. Because when the kids were talking about the dog, they were like, bring him back. And she was like, no, um, we don't just because we don't, we're not just not going to bring everyone back. So that could be just her trying to get her kids out of the way to stop talking about that. But it also could be she actually doesn't believe that bringing them back from the dead is the right decision. But I don't know. That is, I'm a little fuzzy on that. And then also Mephesto was all the animals in each episode. Like, he was the dog who was growling at the thing, and then he was outside the door trying to get the kids to come grab him, and he's trying to get the kids to age up to their full potential. Um, and in case you 
didn't hear that was the sound of us being speechless for two seconds (laughs) (laughs) this is all what i've seen and these would be really cool theories obviously open to new ideas but yeah i have one it's not a new idea but it kind of stems from yours i think that agnes is actually a comic book character called agatha who in the yes who in the past or you know in the comic books is her she's mentor. A witch. Yes. She's clearly the most aware out of all the residents there at Westview. Yes. She has she wears the same color scheme as Agatha and she always has that brooch that Agatha has. You're right. Oh, another thing. My uncle brought this up to me this morning. He said that he thinks that the person that Monica Rambeau called is Dr. Oh my god, what's his name? Dr. Jordan Reed, who is a Fantastic Four, who is said to be played, hopefully this is like, he's in the running, John Krasinski, who I hope, and then as the Invisible Woman, Emily Blunt, which would be like the most mind-blowing combination. Oh my gosh. I'm like throwing my money at them right now. (laughs) Like, just take Listen to your fans, Marvel. Yes. I was wondering who she called, because I was, like, trying to think... And I also want to know what happened with her and Captain Marvel. Because she was, like, weird when they mentioned her name. So... so I, I saw a theory on that, that she doesn't like like her, because remember at the end of Captain Marvel, she left mm-hmm. to, like, go be in space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so. what I think, that... Because um, she wasn't there for her mom when she died, because obviously she was snap so she wouldn't be there so like her mom died alone like she probably thinks her mom died alone oh that's sad and the thing is like marvel doesn't like everything is carefully thought out and planned every little detail to like the yes like you said like the brooch the pins that they have on their clothes or like the way something is placed in the background it's all thought out the commercial the logos one guys i was dying laughing when you make a mess you didn't mean to I was like, oh, don't do Wanda like that. I thought it was funny how the paper towels didn't soak up anything. It just pushed the water further. I want to know who the people in the commercials are. I think it's her parents. Oh. Wait, I have to ask. Have you guys heard the theory that they think Wanda is, like, the big villain for, like, the new phases of movies? Or the whole... I heard just for the Doctor Strange movie, and I think that would be really cool. I think, I think she'd be such a good villain. She would. And it's kind of sad, because, like, she's so, she's so sad. sad. Yeah. It's so terrible. Oh, okay, so that kind of leads into my current addiction. Um, it is Peaky Blinders, and I'm on season three, and blew through it in the last, like, four days. So, Peaky Blinders is a story about a gangster family. Um, I think they're, like, Irish and, Irish Romany. And it's really good. I highly recommend it too. This actually connects to WandaVision a little bit. So along with the Fantastic Four cast that people are projecting, another person that they're thinking could play Doctor Doom is Killian Murphy. And if he does, I'm just so excited. I hope it happens. If you're a Harry Potter fan, Peaky Blinders has Narcissa Malfoy in it. She's a great actress. But now Eliana, who was a finance major, is going to go into what stock is. So stock is when someone who wants to like just like buy a part of the company, so they buy a stock or they usually buy multiple shares 
and those shares depending on what happens with the company in the market if it fluctuates they can get payouts from the company so they can make money if the company's doing well and the company wants to pay them that money or if the company's doing bad they'll have to pay money back basically what happened with GameStop and like AMC what happened with the market a couple weeks ago was that these hedge funds were shorting stocks and companies that weren't doing well of the pandemic and by shorting a stock that means that they borrow shares and then they immediately sell them hoping that they can scoop them up later at a lower price so they were doing this with GameStop and the price was like really really low so when the price would go down which is what they were hoping for they would make money but people on reddit saw this trend and they were like no you're not going to make money off of this we are so they bought a bunch of shares in those companies causing the stock price to go up so when these hedge funds investors um had to sell their shares or buy back the shares they were losing billions of dollars considering how many shares were bought and especially since they were shorting so many more stocks than they were so they would have to pay more money so that's basically what happened technically what people did on reddit is legal oh yes that yeah they scammed wall street legally in the same way that wall street does it to other people so is that kind of like a robin hood move you think well there's this there is this website called robin hood which is a way for people to buy share like the common person to buy shares and they caused there was a whole thing with that because the the people the market like these hedge funds um people were saying like you need to stop trade on these companies like right now and robin hood did and that caused a whole ethical thing people are like what it's the free market so why are they allowed to do it and we're not like i thought it was you say this market is for us for the people it's a way for us to invest money and make money but when we do you're going to prohibit us to do that so there's already been lawsuits happening because of it. It felt kind of like a movie. Oh, I watched a video of this guy talking about it on YouTube about this whole situation. And he said there was already like five movie pitches that were approved. Like just a week after it happened. So what, like not next year's award season, but probably the one after that. There's going to be a movie about this situation. Kind of what they did with the big short. It's yeah. going to. Oh, yes. It's going to be like that. Dude, if they don't, and Wolf on Wall Street, if they don't cast Rami Malek, I'm going to be so upset. (laughs) Like, he's perfect for this role. I'm just interested on what, like, the movies are going to be about. Is it going to be about, like, from the hedge funds in perspective of these, like, people who are, like, money hungry? Are they going to be, like, the focus and, like, see their downfall? Or is it going to be, like, just... The people who are on this reddit group or the person who like runs the reddit the subreddit is it going to be like uh, him and how he rallied all these people mm-hmm. but i also like the idea of all these like it's starting off with these people who are like profiting off of the pandemic yeah and then you yeah. see their downfall because you know these it people actually so- exist yeah it would be so cool to like have a shot of everyone in the office just like start panicking collectively because they're all, like, realizing what's happening. And that would be so funny. I bet they were. I wish there was live footage on that. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh my God. Yeah, show us. You know how, like, the stock market, like, 
where it is in New York on Wall Street. Like, they have, like, a camera, like, showing all, like, the screens and stuff. And, like, people. Oh, yeah. Because, like, in the 80s and stuff, when they would, before the internet, that place was, like, popping because they would trade stuff, like, with paper. And it's calmed down, but people still work there. They should have shown the shot, like, just a time lapse of, like, while this is happening. Moving into Celebrity Tea. So, the director of Call Me By Your Name, yes, said that he wants to make a movie about a cannibal lover with Timothée Chalamet. Something's really wrong about that picture. What the heck? Stop it. That's disgusting. Isn't Timothée still friends with ARMY? I don't know. Time to critique. I don't think he would be. You know, it would still be gross if it was another director saying this. That's true. The fact that he worked with him. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Timothy Chalamet and Luca could reunite for a movie about cannibalism. Just a few years after making Call Me By Your Name, Luca and Timothy Chalamet could be uniting for Ew. a different sort of coming of age tale. Coming of age? Coming of Wait, age? What the heck? Don't so <laughs> This shouldn't be a love story. A love story? Yes. According to Vulture.com, you're not the only one caught a little off guard by the movie's plot. Elizabeth Chambers, ugh, Elizabeth Chambers, ex-wife of Army Hammer, who worked alongside Luca and Chamolet in Call Me By Your Name, and has been the center of a scandal, noticed the news after just Jared called Bones and All a dot 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 cannibal love story movie on Instagram. She replied, no words. And that's really all that needs to be said. Don't, I hope this gets Ew. thrown right into the bin. Like, not even is this just bad, the timing is really, like, insensitive. To think that there are victims of armies like, things, and then, he, like, he's getting so much hate for all of this, as he should. But um, the fact that he would, at the same time, be like, you know what? I'm going to come out with a movie exactly like what's happening. Like, that's just disgusting. I don't know. Well, in other movie news, another film that was just approved is Harry Styles and Emma Corrin were confirmed to be in Amazon's movie My Policeman, which is about Harry, I think his character's name is Tom, is bisexual, and he starts an affair with another man who is rumored to be Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh my gosh. And this is set in the fi- in 50s London. Oh my, my god. That would be so good. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I love Perry. I love them all. So apparently, I think I saw that filming starts, like, soon, like, this spring. Like, so he's gonna finish Don't Worry Darling, and then he's gonna probably go straight into that. Which means we probably won't get new music for a while. Eliana, it's been really fun to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes. I loved it. We got into some really fun conversations. Heck yeah, we did. Thanks so much for joining us. Please note that every fact and figure that we mention in this podcast is paraphrased from credible sources such as Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, E! News, and TV Insider. Please feel free to check us out on our Instagram page, UA underscore B-O-F-E, or email us for any club inquiries at arizona.bofe at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.